Some of you may have been wondering, <clears throat> perhaps, about the image, the logo of Disciple Dojo. It looks like a little man with some sort of a cane, or, or what is that? Well, it's the outline of a samurai holding his sword as he's walking. And it's uh, derived from, inspired by, an image, a scene in a movie, a famous movie by Akira Kurosawa called The Seven Samurai. Seven Samurai is probably one of my favorite movies of all time, if not my favorite movie of all time. And it was made back in the 50s, and it's an incredible piece. It's, it's been um, the inspiration for a number of movies ever since then. But I thought I'd take a minute to explain it a little bit more and give you insight into the nature of Disciple Dojo and, and teaching and, and specifically my desire through this podcast, through our videos, through our curriculum, through the written resources, through everything that Disciple Dojo does. So in the late 1954... Uh, Japanese filmmaker Akira Kurosawa made a film that would go on to become the most critically acclaimed film in all of Japanese cinema history, and one of the most acclaimed worldwide as well. That movie was called Shichinin no Samurai, The Seven Samurai. It was the story of a group of seven masterless samurai who agreed to help defend a farming village from bandits for nothing more than food and lodging in return. The film would go on to influence Western movies and even generate remakes of it, such as The Magnificent Seven, starring Steve McQueen and Yul Brenner, or the recent remake, starring Denzel Washington and Chris Pratt. In the film, The Seven Samurai each have differing personalities, strengths, and mannerisms. The movie follows their development from seven lone warriors into a solidified team who are willing to give their lives to protect the often ungrateful villagers. This theme stuck out in my mind because I've always been fascinated with the parallels between the samurai and the Christian disciple, which you can read about over on Disciple Dojo's article archive. I've written about that there. In this case, the parallel is to that of Christian ministry in general and pastoral leadership in particular. Like the seven samurai in the film, people in ministry often find themselves voluntarily committing to seemingly hopeless situations, make disciples of all nations, working side by side with others they barely know. I mean, think how Jesus' first followers must have felt. A tax collector in cahoots with Rome and a zealot in the same small group? Talk about awkward. And often serving parishioners who share the villagers' sense of ingratitude or even outright hostility. This is my church, young man, so you're going to need my support if you want to get anything done around here. Of course, this is not always the case, and the rewards often far outweigh the difficulties. But as I watched the seven in their pledge to protect the village and train up the farmers to protect the village alongside them, I can't help but see seven ministers pledging to serve and equip the body of Christ to fight back the powers of darkness in this world and expand God's kingdom. Looking at it this way helps to keep me focused on the overall big picture when I'm tempted to get bogged down or discouraged by the details or the mundane aspects of ministry. But there's also another theme in Kurosawa's movie, which I resonated with immediately and have ever since, and one that's a little more personal. The seven are led by a samurai named Kanbei, and his second-in-command, Garobe. All the others have their roles and differing skill sets, which all work toward the common goal. Even the seemingly useless, like Katsushiro, or the crazy, like Hikichio, play vital roles on the team. However, there's one among them who I always related to more than the others, and that's Kuzo. 
See, Cuso initially refused to join the group's cause. He was only concerned with bettering himself as a swordsman and testing his skill against the best in the land. Anyone who knew me in college before I decided to go into ministry can easily see this parallel. I never wanted to commit to a church or a ministry. Rather, I wanted to study and sharpen my apologetic skills by engaging in intellectual duels with the best thinkers and influencers out there who challenged the Christian faith, whether in person or in writing or online. However, Cuso eventually accepted his mission and joined the team. And sometime during the year between college and seminary, I finally decided to commit myself to the ministry as well. It wasn't a precise moment I can look back on. Rather, it was a gradual desire that arose from somewhere within me, which I knew was God's leading. Cuso had two other characteristics that I identify with as well, one negative and one positive. On the negative end, he was often stoic and withdrawn from the others, choosing to observe rather than initiate. This is a personality trait that's somewhat shared by the men in my family. Often, both my dad and I have been told that we come across as too serious or disengaged at times, often withdrawing into our heads. Fortunately, we've had my mom to help snap us out when needed, and anyone who's met her can see how this is the case. I've done much better at this over the past few years, but my early years in ministry, beginning right after college, were often quite Cuso-esque at times, neglecting the personal or emotional aspects of ministry in favor of sharpening my skills through books, debates, seminars, open-air preaching, etc., on the positive end, though, Cuso's greatest contribution to the team is the fact that he has trained so hard and is a skilled swordsman. He's not the leader of the team, and he prefers it this way. However, when it comes time to train the villagers to handle the sword, Cuso is the one to whom they look. I feel this way, at least in my current role with Disciple Dojo. God has placed me in a position of leadership, but not as a senior pastor with a congregation or a flock that I'm over. I'm a lay leader. Like Cuso, I wouldn't have it any other way, really. I know I'm no Kambe or Garobe. My place is with the villagers, teaching them to wield the sword, to battle the enemy, and to defend and eventually train those less equipped. I'm called to help make those beside whom I serve, my fellow ministers and teachers, better each day as well by sharing what I've learned from the Cusos in my life. In the end, Cuso is not among the surviving samurai. He dies defending the village. In fact, the very last scene of the movie shows him and the other three who have fallen with him buried with their swords standing over their graves. I don't know when my time will come, but really I can't think of a better depiction of the legacy that I hope to leave behind for the next generation of disciples. Well done, good and faithful servant. Interestingly enough, the, the word samurai literally means one who serves.